In today's show, we're going to cover how to write your racing CV. Race drivers, this is Enzo with the Race Driver Coach Show, and today's topic about making a racing CV, or actually, I'm going to pretty much show you how not to make a racing CV, but to put one together, I still think nowadays it's important, because you're going to contact many race teams for a drive, uh, just to ask them what their budget is, anything where it's contact for the first time, and you need them to see who you are, what you've done in the past, to kind of sell them, really. And I think a Word document or a PDF like mini brochure of you, your experience, the results you've got in the past and highlights from your career is actually still valuable. I mean, it's an old school thing, right? To have a CV, you go to a job application, uh, a job interview, and you show them the CV with all your work experience and education and stuff. But race drivers need it as well. We have a sponsorship proposal. We've been we've covered sponsorship proposals before on this show, I and mean, we will in the future again, most likely. But that's one thing. And normally you have like a an overview of who you are, what you've done on page two or three of a, a sponsorship proposal, if it's important for that kind of pitch. But having a racing CV that goes into a little bit more detail of what you've done, only a little bit more detail, but still, it's on paper, it's there for them to see. You add it as like a work document or a PDF brochure but i still think you need one so why not do a show and actually where this came from was an ex team manager of mine of an old you know race team i used to race for back in the early 2000s he sent me a text about i don't know a week ago saying ends look what i've found it's your cv that you sent me to get a drive with us and straight away i looked at it and i noticed as i looked down the page just the photo that there's at least three things on that CV that I teach drivers not to do. Okay, I've got to drive with this team. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for you know putting up with me back then and having me on your team. It was a great time, obviously. Um, but it's still, even though I did it wrong, he must have seen it and thought, okay, the kid's pretty good. He's done stuff before. Let's give him a shot. I don't know. I don't know what was going through his mind back then. But still, I looked at it and thought, you know what? when you sent me this picture of it, I've got to help drivers not make the same mistakes I did because the amount of times I sent that CV out and it got ignored and not taken seriously, I can kind of see why. And that's what I want to run you through right now today is to show you what I did in that CV and then just to help you create a better one. Now, to make this simple, when it comes to the CV, I'm just going to give you two things that I want you to include, good things, and two things I don't want you to include in the CV or avoid two bad things. So I'll make it really simple. On the screen now, you can see the good things are, number one, facts. People want to come to your CV, look at your CV, and just be presented with cold, hard facts about you. Bullet points, this is how I did. These are the results, maybe the team I was with or the championship that I was in under each year. That's all they really want. And the second thing that's good to have on your CV is a tiny amount of flamboyance. Now, when I say that, when I say flamboyance, you'll see it on my CV. It's when you take something that's kind of cool or a certain aspect of your season and you make it sound a bit better. 
without going over the top and making it sound too much like, come on, you're dressing this up too much. So, so far, all we want on a CV is cold, hard facts, bullet points. This is how we did. These are the highlights. And then a tiny bit of flamboyance to make things sound a little bit better. Not hard, right? But the things that I want you to avoid, two of the bad things that I've done on my CV on that past one, and what I want you to not do are these. Firstly, waffle. Nobody, nobody wants to read too much text about you. Like I said about the bullet points, great. And a little bit of a description is okay. But as soon as you go too deep, as soon as you start to talk about the series too much, people get lost. They don't really care. They're just looking for the bold text to see if you're any good. They're reading the CV, asking themselves, is this person any good? And if you've got an essay underneath each year, describing things a little bit too much, and that goes to proposals as well. If you're taking a proposal to a company and you've tailored this proposal to deliver them things that you know are valuable to them, but then you're waffling on about stuff, you're waffling on about your own racing when it's not important. All they care about is getting more clients. They don't really care about your hobbies and things like this. You've got to cut out the waffle. And the second thing I want you to avoid is pointless excuses or pointless information. A bit like waffle, but this time it's like I, I scored a P2. That was my highlight of P2. But I would have gone better, but my tires fell off or I, you know, they, they dropped off the performance or my engine went. This kind of stuff is not important. They just need to know the facts. Remember that. Pointless information and excuses for why you didn't really improve or get the, the result you could have got, it doesn't matter. They deal in results, black and white. So remember that. So these are the things uh, that are pretty much opposite to what I did when I sent that CV out quite a few times. I mean, there's certain elements of the CV that are pretty cool. And if I was writing one now, I would do it again. Now, the elements that I do like is the actual layout. I pretty much like it. Just ignore the waffle and the words at the moment of what it says on the screen. But when you have like the year, 2003, the championship name, British GT, the team name, um, a little bit of a description about the championship if needed or anything else, and then some highlights from the year. That I'm completely cool with. And as I said, I'd do it again, exactly the same kind of layout. And that's really what you want. So you've got each year and you can kind of see as you scan down, because remember, whoever's reading it hasn't got much time. They're just going to scan down it really quick. They've got a few things that hit them in the face. Boom. I like that. That's good. The other text in the middle, the the, the one that's the not bold, the normal font, it, they kind of skip over that. So that's why I say cut down on the waffle. But to go through that CV, that terrible CV I did all them years ago, I'm going to scan through it now and just pick out what I mean when I talk about the things that are good and the things to avoid. Here we go. So this is going to be cringeworthy, <laughs> me looking back at this. But anyway, right, let's just get some things out in the open um 1993 karting grand prix now i put karting grand prix first winning all six heats and winner of the final now that is a pure example of flamboyance and actually a little bit too much because that karting grand prix as i called it was just an event it was an arrive and drive indoor karting event uh, a corporate event if you like and yeah okay i won all the races and i won the the final but they weren't kart racers. 
They were people with normal jobs coming together who do it for a bit of fun. Yeah, I called it Karting Grand Prix. Now, that is pushing it too far because if I've got somebody in the industry who knows karting, or anybody actually in the industry, they're going to say, what is Karting Grand Prix? I mean, there's so many different karting championships. So that was risky. I didn't even realize I was being risky. I thought, yeah, I'm just going to exaggerate it a little bit. If you're approaching somebody who is not in motorsport, fine, you can put that. It sounds pretty cool. And to give you a bit of a story of when I did that in a few years later, I was good at doing this flamboyance and over the top, especially to people who were not in the industry. So I won the Formula Ford, a Formula Ford championship, not the Formula Ford championship, not the big one, a secondary one. Yet when I called up, I was phoning up PR companies and I was after a PR company to help me put together a brochure for sponsorship, you know, to design it, design my logo, help me with my website, anything PR. I wanted a PR partner, but I couldn't afford one. So I was asking for their services as sponsorship. And I put their name on the race car and I would find them clients, other racing drivers as clients and race teams. So it would pay for their little bit of work that I want. I'd had a sponsorship deal. Right. And that's pretty much how I did a lot of things in racing, just for a sponsorship tip. If they, if you know you're going to a company that can offer a service, not money, but service, and you can give them the sponsorship benefits, do it because it, it worked out really well for me. This did. Anyway, I was calling up. I went through the yellow pages. We used to have yellow pages back then, right? Not the internet. I called up every single PR company that was in my area and a bit further out my area because I thought the local boy kind of angle is good. And my opening pitch, I kind of got to remember it because this was back in 1998, 99. But the pitch sort of went, hello, my name is Enzo Mucci. I'm a British racing champion. And now to somebody who doesn't know the industry, they would think, oh, he's a he's a British champion and he's after working with us in order to to have some kind of relationship and maybe he can get us more clients. So it sounds really cool. I didn't tell them that it was just a club racing championship. It didn't really matter to anybody that I just sort of hustled my way through. And, yeah, I won the championship, Formula Ford. Great. But it wasn't the Formula Ford championship that Jensen Button was in. It was a secondary one. They didn't have to know that. I'm just a racing champion from Britain. So I'm a British champion, you know, if, if you want to call it that way. But it was my opening line. That's what you call flamboyance. And you can get away with it if you go into the outside world. But when it comes to you sending a CV to somebody who's in the industry and you put karting Grand Prix winner, that's risky. So back to the CV. Right. These are just little bits here, which are really kind of doesn't really matter. Enzo did some testing of Oxford Junior, blah, blah, blah. First year in racing, though, that's pretty to the point. I'd say a little bit too much waffle, three senses, just to say that I was racing in a Jamin 89. It doesn't really matter. So I'd just slim that down if I was to do it again. Now, 98, quite a big year, as you can tell. Great. You can see the results. Seven fastest laps, you know, overall winner, first to do this, lap records, and Formula Renault. I would kind of get away with that now. It kind of shows them that I was a, a Boston year. This is when I won that championship. I told him I was a British champion. Now, too much waffle, way too much waffle in the info area. This is talking about Simon Davey, who kindly ran me that year. Thanks, Simon. I owe you a lot. But then it goes talking about Simon Davey, how he raced against Nigel Manson, Senna. Really not important. Cut that straight out. The F3, I did half a year. It was ARP F3, not the mainstream one. Secondary championship again. Not too bad. Pretty good. 
But this is where we get into the excuses. Enzo, bad Enzo. Right, you finished sixth at Mallory Park after dropping last. Not really important. And then the second one says, I finished fifth in uh, Brands Hatch after the car overheated, so I'll qualify 15th. Not important, full of excuses. It's waffle and excuses. We're not interested in this. Uh, Pembry got eighth position, started from last. What's all this talk about starting from last, dude? They don't care. They really don't care. So there's no need to say that this that's that waffle I was talking about. Or should I say that's the excuse finding, the pointless information that kind of you're saying, I'm really, I am better than my results. It's really echoing or saying to the person, I haven't really got many highlights. So I'm just going to tell you what could have happened and why it was good. Leave it out. And as for this one here, Snetterton, DNF, qualified third. It's not really a highlight. You could have said, you could have easily said how many times you qualified in the top five and how many times you finished in the top 10 or five, should we say. That would have been a lot better. Scrolling up, we've got, yeah, Winter Challenge. That was good. Vice champion. Let me just stop things there. I hate the term vice champion. It's kind of like, a boxer losing a, a match, boxing match, or a football team losing a match and saying, we were runners up. Hey, you lost. You didn't win the championship. You can't even have champion in your title. You are just runner up or P2 in the championship. As soon as you start to say, I'm vice champion, it's the ego talking. You're not tricking anyone. I mean, it's again, to the outside world who's not who are not in racing, maybe vice champion has got some legs to it. But if you're talking to people in the industry, just say P2 in the championship. So I can't believe I did that myself. I hate it when people do that. So it's a pet hate I obviously got after this. But I was so in my own world, so thinking I'm the best thing and I want to sell this. You can get carried away. That's what I want you to avoid, getting carried away. You've got to speak the truth, give them facts. All right. It's kind of like um, in America, they've got a term called uh, off pole. So if you're starting P2 on the grid, they say, I'm starting off pole. No, you're not. The person on pole starting a pole, you're second. And it's the same kind of thing, right? We've got to avoid these little bits. Well, you don't have to avoid them. I just suggest you do because it sounds like you're just fluffing things up a little bit too much. Anyway, back to the CV. Uh, 2001 looks pretty good. If you've got like this, this is also not really needed, Enzo. The world's first racing driver to win in an Alfa Romeo 147. Nobody cares. Okay, one first, one three races, you could say. You could put this into one sentence saying set lap records at Crofton Mallory. Won a race from 28th on the grid. It's all right. I suppose it's a highlight. Not too bad. Uh, this one here, I hate. Overtook 10 cars to score six. Nobody cares. Just say you've finished in the top six. You're a top six runner. Would have been easy. Uh, pulled, look at that. Pulled a maneuver, an overtaking maneuver off of the year. Oh. Of the year off. Oh, so it was overtaking manoeuvre of the year. Nobody said this. This is my title. Passing seven cars into one corner to take second place at Rockingham. Let's be honest again, Enzo. You did. You did the move of your life. It probably wasn't the, the move of the year. Who knows? Can't prove it. Could have been a, a better overtaking somewhere else. And yeah, you got into second place in class, which is good because you're only in a Clio in a GT grid, which is full of bloody Ferraris and stuff. However, later that lap, the Ferrari hit you up the back and it made the clutch spin. It broke the clutch or did something, overheated it. We don't know. 
and the clutch was spinning, so he didn't really finish in second. Again, <laughs> Mr. Enzo was good at spinning the truth here. So uh, it, he really did show people that read this, like, oh, my gosh, he got second place in, in that car. Amazing. Well, I didn't. I just took second, and it lasted for three quarters of a lap. So bringing you back to how to present yourself on paper, whether it's a Word document or a fancy brochure, is to cut out the fluff, to cut out the waffle, to only deal in facts. Don't over-exaggerate stuff. Have a little bit of flamboyance to, to the way you describe things. Great. But you don't really need to overdo it so you get caught out and make it sound like you're a rookie. You don't really know what you're talking about. You've got to talk the language if you're going into the industry itself. But then you can get a bit more. You can exaggerate things and be a bit more flamboyant if you go to the outside world, speaking to sponsors and things like this. Just don't lie. I suggest that you put this together now. If it's winter, uh, it's off season, which actually is when I'm recording this for most people. It's time to put one together that you're going to start sending out to people and put another one that's kind of like to the outside world, where if you are trying to get a PR company and you want to show them a resume of your results and how good you are as a driver, do one that is a little bit more flamboyant or talks a bit layman terms in racing. Fine. So you've got two different types of CVs, but I suggest you do it. Learn from my younger self mistakes. Take what you can from what you've seen. And uh, yeah. Let me know if you need any more information on this side of things. If you want me to do a video on something similar. Thanks for watching or listening. See you next time.